And now, we'll fight's open mic. The Bass Jackers. I just came home actually from tour. Hey guys, this is Phoenix Paul. Hey, what's up? This is Sean Frank. We'll fight's DJs and your favorite artists. Sophie Francis. Sophie, thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's super nice to join you guys. What's up, guys? This is Ahmed Van Buren. Now, open mic. Well, welcome. Welcome to the open mic podcast, Wolf Bites Open Mic here at Wolf Bites Radio. We have Nico and Sway and Abel Bender here with us today. I'm Nathan, and with me as well, Chris Lehman. Um, so we're just going to jump into some stuff. How's quarantine been for you guys? And you can, Nico and Sway, you can start with this one. Well, honestly, uh, kind of threw everybody for a loop. Weren't really expecting it. We're looking forward to, I think we had. 20 something shows uh, with our Las Vegas residency lined up and that kind of fell through. So we kind of hit the books and made a lot of music, a lot of content. It's been fo- focusing on some other aspects of, uh, you know, the behind the scenes. Yeah, the behind the scenes stuff. So a lot of content. Yeah, we've been uh, doing a lot of TikToking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been pretty productive. Yeah. That's good to hear that. It's good to hear that. April, anything cool, new hobbies you've picked up? Um, yeah, well, I'm very lucky that like songwriting and recording can be done from home. So this pandemic, we've I've had to change the way I do my job. So I'm not in studios every day. I'm just working from home, but the work is the same. So I've been able to still be productive, but I've also definitely gotten into a lot of baking cooking, yoga, just like taking time for things that I would have never had time to really do before. So I'm just feeling, you know, a lot of self-care is happening and it's good. Is there a specific thing you're baking now? A lot of cookies. It's a lot of cookies and I can't eat them all myself. So I just try to like pawn them off on my friends. Um, Yeah, I'll text you our address. (laughs) I'll send you guys some. What's, What's your, what's your strongest cookie? Ooh, I don't know. There's this Tough question. Yeah, there are these like Italian Christmas cookies that my family makes every year that I've sort of taken over making them. So around Christmas time, I was very busy like baking <laughs> hundreds of those cookies. Um, but you know, I'm still working on my skills. It sounds like small business coming up. <laughs> <laughs> A little side hustle. Side hustle, maybe. That's awesome. Um, yeah. How is it for both of you? For all of you, all three of you, how is it impacting your music? You both touched on that you have ability to continue to write and, and create stuff, but has it been positive, negative? What's it look like? I think we've our music's become way better. Like, <laughs> better. Like we've had so much more time to focus on like actual production and learning. And you know, we, honestly, we've learned a ton this over quarantine. Like we've learned so much about ourselves, about production, songwriting, all that. So I think that in terms of our music getting better yeah like we've just had so much more time to actually focus on the music itself whereas before we were doing shows and running around and all that stuff and now you know for the past it's been a year and a week since we since our last real show in vegas so we've had a lot of time just to really focus on the music which you know should be the cornerstone of any artist so in april i feel i feel pretty lucky that writing has always been sort of an introspective thing that you could like do sort of in any setting but I will say normally you go out you live your life you get inspiration from the things you're doing out in the world so when there's not as much of that happening I have really relied on like watching shows and movies and listening to other music and like really just soaking up a lot of this the culture and media that's going on and trying to find inspiration from that but it's actually been nice because I feel like I'm getting reconnected with like all of like the, the great stuff that's being made right now. 
Okay. Is there something specific for you? Um, I don't know. Just like, I don't, just listening to a lot of artists and like doing like Spotify deep dives and like also going back and listening to old music I listened to as a teenager and reconnecting with like why I wrote songs to begin with and all of my little like sort of emo pop rock songs from the 2000s. I'm like, this is the reason I wanted to like make songs and uh, trying to bring that into today's music too. Well, and, and Nico and Sway, I know you guys are sitting in your, your studio. I think that's pretty new, right? How did the that come together? Because I think you did that over quarantine, right? Yeah, we we found this guy on Instagram. Uh, he had done a bunch of studios. He did like wax motif and just like a bunch of like, like literally all genre uh, producers. And we, I just found him on Instagram one day and was like, yo, this looked really dope. Like we had just moved to this new spot. We were looking for paneling. We kind of didn't really want to do it ourselves because we just wanted it to you know do it one time and have to never worry about it again mm-hmm. and so we found this guy it was really really good price and he came in and literally like got us a quote measured the room and then came back a couple of weeks later and installed it and we we're like whoa like that was so fast and it came out so good like because right now guitar center has a huge uh back order on a lot of the uh, acoustic paneling mm-hmm. yeah we um, tried for months to get all the stuff from guitar center to really do it ourselves and go full diy yes shout out john hunter yeah john hunter acoustics on instagram at john hunter acoustics if you're if you're listening and you're in california i think you might go out to arizona every now and then too but yeah he he absolutely killed it it was nice though because we were going up to la pretty much every day to you know have studio sessions um and then quarantine hit we had moved we built this thing out so we were able to work from home which is really nice and all lined up well, and you're coming there about Guitar Center and back orders, and this is kind of for, for you two and for April. Is there any kind of weird, like, hitch that you've hit, kind of like like back orders at Guitar Center or anything that someone might not think of if they're not producing the music or, or right, doing the singing and songwriting? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's re- it was for a while. I mean, and honestly, like, even with anything, like, if you try and order, like, like merch from your favorite artist right now, it's, it's back ordered. So I guess, like, all aspects of that but and even anything outside of music if you order for a while if you tried to order something on amazon it was backed up even this kind this is kind of funny but uh i'm a really picky eater um and so like when the stores were going nuts like last what april may maybe march i had a really i i thought i was gonna have to branch out and try some things that i did not want to (laughs) eat so what's some stuff you just cannot eat then what can I eat? It's more yeah, what can you? Tell, tell me what you like then. He doesn't do any vegetables really. Well, oh. I do like three vegetables, asparagus, broccolini, uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh, an artichoke. Not even those are the ones you like? Broccolini. Yeah, those are the ones I like. I know. That a little is so weird. odd. I'm, I'm working <laughs> those are the ones I'd be like, no. But other than that, like no fish. And then I've never had a salad in my entire life. So. <laughs> That's okay. Just to put it in perspective. Fine. They're overrated anyway. But in April, for you, is there anything that's kind of been weird about the the pandemic that kind of threw you off that you weren't ready for? Um, Other than it being a pandemic? Right, other than it being, I definitely at the beginning felt very cut off because I also made the uh, controversial choice to not have a car for like a long time in LA. I had moved from New York and I was like, I don't need a car. And I, pre-pandemic was like totally fine with that. And then once it hit, I was like, I am not gonna be going into Ubers with strangers all the time. So suddenly I was like, 
I had no way to really get around and I was relying on like delivery for things. And so that felt kind of limiting. And now about a month ago, I got a car and I'm like, hey. oh, it's a game changer. So that was sort of my own like block that is now unblocked. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, because I suppose in, in, in New York, you said you were in New York. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York. Yeah, in the city. In the city, yeah. Yeah, that's walking city, so you don't really need a vehicle. So that's that's perfect. Yeah. I was. Um, have either of you performed virtually so far in the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, we did. We've done a ton. Yeah, we've uh, we for a while we were doing like our own stream. Uh, we would do like pretty much I feel like every week or every other week. Instagram live. Yeah, just like that casually. Then we started doing like like uh, online festivals and all that stuff when that was going crazy. But honestly, for like it, it, it all got really saturated. If that makes sense, like everybody was doing it, and so like viewership went down and all that. So we did take a little break. But now we do. We're still doing streams. Like we just did a, our, our first Insomniac stream uh, in December. That was a lot of fun. Um, we did our own set. We record. We got. We rented out this warehouse in LA. Put up like crazy lights and like effects and all this stuff and. Uh, did a sweet little set from a warehouse there and put that out but yeah we, we did a bunch of festivals and all that stuff and kept busy with that we just kind of we kind of figured that if we were going to be playing online every week it would kind of devalue yeah, our set a little bit yeah. and we we kind of wanted to like save some special treats for like when we were mm-hmm. actually yeah it, it started to just get so repetitive too it's like you know we figured we found like when we were doing our own streams like obviously like the same people were starting to tune in all the time and they loved it they were like, well, they, you know, people wanted us to bring it back, but it just, it, it kind of got overdone, to be blunt. Yeah. What about you, April? Um, I am definitely more on, like, the creative, like, and writing side of things, more so than the performing. I used to perform a lot more years ago, and I'm, like, just starting to sort of open up that world again. So who knows? Maybe I'll do some uh, performances soon. But as of right now, I've just been writing and recording nonstop. We'll bring you out to perform I Ain't Going Home. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be great. Well, and yeah. speaking of I Ain't Going Home, I want to I talk about that. First of all, I love that song. It's great. I ain't going home with you. Um, and I don't know who wants to start this, but how did... How did that kind of come together? Uh, and how did you guys find each other? Yeah, have it, April yeah. go for it. April wrote it. So you, you can go from there. We'll talk about we, how we picked it up after. But yeah, perfect. Um, so shout out to Lena Leon, who is my co-writer on this song. She and I have been writing together for years and I love her. She's so talented. And so we we wrote this song like right here. I'm like in my kitchen right now at my kitchen table. We sat right here. We wrote the song and we recorded all the vocals right here. And it was just, um, she's also a great vocal producer. So I was like singing. And then we also wanted the song to sound as big as possible. So there were takes where it was like, she and I just like shouting into the mic, doing like gang vocals and recording it like, you know, dozens of times and putting it all together to sound like it was a crowd. Um, We also felt like we wanted a bit of a female anthem in like the dance music world. And like, obviously no one's out at clubs or dancing or anything in groups right now, but it felt like one of those songs that was just like 
I'm doing my own thing. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> and so we wanted to write something kind of empowering, but also fun for anybody to listen to. Um, so hopefully we accomplished that. And um, yeah, we sent the demo over to you guys. And there you go. We were immediately, like before we even had produced it, we're like, okay, this is going to be like yeah, our favorite song. You're um, blown away. And it, it was, it, honestly, it was, it was so easy. It really produced itself. Like it, we, we met up with our buddy Gazo. Shout out Gazo. He's a Yay. genius. And uh, we honestly, like it, it just came about so fast. Like pretty much everything April covered, like it was just so easy to work with the vocal. It was already super big. The energy was already there. And like, like April knows, but if you have a good vocal to work around as a producer, it makes it, it makes the job so much easier. And so from there, honestly, you know, the song just kind of wrote itself and finished itself. And we added our little spice and we're pretty stoked with how it came out. It's so only great. Thing, the only bummer about it was, it, so we fin we started it in, it was like end of October, 2019, right? And so we, I think we played it maybe one time at the club, like when we had like a rough demo, like it wasn't even done yet. I probably wasn't even mastered. And so we're like, all right, whatever, we gotta finish this. By the time we finished it and like we're ready to put it into our sets, uh, COVID hit. So we really haven't had like a true perform, like live performance of it yet. We have a show this weekend. We're gonna play it at the show this weekend, but still, it's like, it's a it's a drive-in show, so it's not like, mm -hmm. it's not quite the real thing yet. But you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnel, mm -hmm. and in a couple months or however long it is when we're doing real shows again, you can best believe we'll be we'll be ending our sets with that one. <laughs> it's such a That'd good awesome. yeah it really is everyone's and, like oh, you should start your sets with it we're like no we're gonna end our sets <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta end on a bang and it's literally like it's just too perfect to not end on yeah it literally i ain't going home i mean it's, it's a great way to end it <laughs> those words that's, um that's the plan at the moment <laughs> yeah the song is so vibrant as well like it's it's filled with color and, and bounce and energy and stuff and that i think is you can see it in the album artwork you have that Lego, that Lego um, house and the, the little little box right there. And that's yes. beautiful. Um, and I so want to know more about it. So our, uh, we signed uh, four songs on Armada and we're kind of coining it under one EP called Field Trip. And since we've known each other for, I'd say like 19, 20 years, uh, we kind of wanted to have some nostalgia with it and field trip kind of bringing it back to the younger days elementary school so first i get yeah so the the art is legos and so that's kind of like the first token on the nostalgic journey of field trip so can't really give too much away yet well actually we kind of can this actually is like kind of a decent segue because april actually wrote the next song on our ep which is coming out it's called glue we can leak that there's a very special feature one of our good buddies who's absolutely killing it right now so we're pretty stoked about that. And the vocalist is our boy Kyle, who co-wrote the song and, and uh, is featured on it because it's it's an amazing song. We're really excited about that one too. So it's the perfect follow-up for our EP. And yeah, we're so, stoked. Sorry, we're, we're stoked April's a part of half the songs, right? Yeah. And, and I hope, and really quick, funny side note, we just found out last week that April was a co-writer on the song. So I, I hope, I hope, watch our, our third song's gonna come out April's gonna be like, yo, I wrote that too. <laughs> As far as I know, those are the only two that I wrote that are on the EP. I think that's it. Well, hey, maybe on the next one, we'll get another two or three, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. 
But uh, yeah, like you said, the next one's glue. So kind of bouncing off the uh, the whole Lego thing. Mm-hmm. We're going deeper with the nostalgic vibe. Kind of like, like an arts and crafts. Yeah, more arts and craftsy. Uh, just to kind of continue the sto- the whole field trip. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great. That's that's really linear as well. It makes it makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then the last two will also be. We can't talk about it yet, but it'll also be very nostalgic. Uh, like tangible items as as the uh, as the cover art, which is I cool think, like it helps relate to it. So I think you have like a picture on Instagram with you holding like the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Did you get that made? Yeah. yeah, we actually made the box. That's cool. It's uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. Like, I don't, our creative team, this guy that we're working with for this EP, is just insane. Like, he's such. We got to give him a shout out. Shout out, Caleb. But he's just an absolute legend and got it made and. Yeah, and if should, you, you know, well, I was gonna say we should we should have we should have made the Legos though. So yeah, I was gonna ask that's my next we question. So we were trying to, but it was just it, we were actually gonna do it. It was it was a little bit expensive. We were still gonna do it, but um, the timeline just didn't work out because it was a little bit of a last minute thing that kind of came together. And like I think when we had to when we had to shoot like all the promo assets, like I don't think it, the actual Lego itself would have been there. But we actually got the box made. I don't even know, like, our manager knows, but I don't, I don't even know the full story on, like, how he did that, all that stuff. But he literally designed each little part of the box and then fully got it made. And if you saw, there was another asset, too, where we put, like, a bunch of Legos into it. And he, like, kind of flipped it around and, like, opened it up and, like, had it. It looked like the Legos were, like, reversing out. It was, it was crazy. That's great. I've also gotten a lot of feedback on the song based on the Lego artwork. Like, hey, your, yeah. your Lego song is doing really well. Or like, that's so cool. The Lego song. I'm like, I personally can't take credit for that, but thank you. Happy to be involved and just happy to be here. <laughs> no, honestly, we, we were blown away by when, like we were talking about the idea when we were planning the EP and like some of the arts. And when, it, when we actually got that cover art back and then saw the box after too, we were like, definitely our coolest, by far our, our coolest cover art yet. Well, at, in April, we've kind of referenced a lot of your, your songwriting um, throughout. Uh, and there are a couple other songs that we've got going that I, I think you wrote as well that are, that are playing on Wolf Bites, like uh, Sunrise with Artie, um, oh, as well yeah. as Apex and Man Cub, uh, Wrong to Let You Go. Um, yes. So can you talk a little bit about, about those songs and, and writing those songs and, and those, working with those artists? Well, first of all, thank you so much for playing them. That's so <laughs> exciting. Um, yeah, Sunrise was actually the first song that I ever featured on. I know that there are ups and downs It's hard to stand and face it As long as we're together now The moment's never I had been very careful to just stay on like the writing side of things and not really put my voice and my name on anything. And then finally in 2018, I wrote Sunrise and they wanted to keep the original vocals on it when Artie wanted to release it. So I was like, sure, why not? Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, We'll just leave it on there. And then the song just did like so well. I had no idea that it was gonna do that well. And, uh, And that really opened a lot of doors for me and people started contacting me and asking me to do more features and and write more songs with other vocalists. And it just sort of like was the start of this journey of the past few years that I've been on. So that was like a game changing song for me. And thank you for playing it. Um, (laughs) Also, Wrong to Let You Go, I had written with three of my good friends a couple years ago. We were just like 
in a room together, wrote the song, and we didn't have the production for it. And then um, APEC and Man Cub started working on it. And it's just like, when we got that first mix back of hearing their production and what they did and with like the vocoder and everything, we flipped out. We were like, this is so awesome and perfect. <laughs> And that is like one of my favorite songs that I've ever done. So I love it. And thank you to everyone who worked on those songs. You are all, you're all awesome. And you talk about uh, kind of producers picking up the, the vocal tracks and working with them. Uh, and I've heard it from songwriters, I've heard kind of a, a lot of that kind of lingo. It almost sounds like there's kind of a database where you put this in, and producers go and find vocals and work with them. How does that work? Because I know you talked about sending um, I Ain't Going Home to Nico and Sway. How does that whole process work? It's, I think it's less of a, like a database and more of like we try to constantly connect with people, whether it's A&Rs, managers, labels, the artists themselves. There's so much like messaging back and forth and people reaching out like, hey, we need songs. Do you have songs? And I'll be like, yeah, here are a bunch of demos. Let me know if you like any of them or vice versa. Producer, uh, producers and DJs will be like, I have instrumentals that need uh, melodies, lyrics, vocals. Will you write something? And so I'll try to do my best to like, you know, write a song that sounds good over the instrumental. So it goes both ways and it's just people reaching out and hoping that there's a connection there. And so. sometimes it's super informal too. Like for how we for our next song glue like how that came about was that was our, our kyle at the time was a friend of a friend and our our buddies just introduced us and we're like yo like whatever what's up like didn't even talk about music at first just became friends and then he started showing us some demos and we're like all right we need this <laughs> so yeah a lot of times like what april said it's you know and it's not really a database as much as it is just kind of it's almost like it's a hustle you know you're just sending sending it around and you make good relationships and build a good network and you know, we're happy that April and Lena have, I guess, put us into their network because the stuff they send us is always the best. And so <laughs> please keep sending. <laughs> We'd love more. But yeah. Yeah, it can happen that's, like anyway. And that's such a great environment to be in and help foster each other's growth, I think as well, for the, for the all of you together. Um, Nico and Sway, Friends, that's your biggest track on Spotify at the moment from 2020. Take me back. About that one. Tell me about it. How'd that go? That was a fun one too. So our kind of honestly like pretty similar, our similar situation. Our our buddies over in Europe, uh, the Nocturnes, they're really dope writers. And they sent us a top line basically at the time. It, it was a demo. Was, I think it, it like maybe had one track of guitar and like super simple drums. And we heard it right away. And same thing, we're like, okay, we need this. We knew we wanted to make it a little bit more not like emotional, but like more stripped down, like nothing crazy. It's not like super EDM-y, if that makes sense. It's very stripped and like more kind of, I think kind of more on the pop side, but with a little bit of, you know. It's definitely on the pop side. Yeah, with, you know, little elements of, of like of house and all that. But yeah, and honestly, the response on that one was just crazy. Yeah, we, we released that on uh, was Hard, it Hard, Hardwell's, Hardwell's label. label. Yeah, so that, that was crazy. And I think it did like the first night it did like a hundred thousand 200 000. i think we did like 300k in the first like like i think it dropped obviously thursday night friday morning and i think on monday we were at like 
almost 400 K streams. Like it was crazy. And I, yeah, Hardwell's fan, Hardwell's fans are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, no, that was a lot of fun. And honestly for us, because we, we've talked about it before, but we tabled all of our releases and kind of went over like, it was a year period basically of just, you know, grinding in the studio and not putting anything out until we were really comfortable with our sound. And Friends, it was like the second track we released after we were comfortable with this new sound and like the real, the, the, you know, the definition of Nico and Sway. And so that was the second song we put out and to see the numbers and response that it got was just crazy. It was super motivating for us. Yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like that's super rewarding as well. And then that in turn fuels your motivation to keep pushing and keep doing what you're totally. doing. Yeah, hundred percent, especially because we were starting to release some something that was different than what we had pr previously released just kind of our new direction and um yeah it was just it gave us a little bit of uh, hope and then we finished 30 more tunes after the response <laughs> on that one so and so like using that um that new that new tune new sound for you what role has social media played in that in ex you know expanding that hmm it's just it really just helps us, you know, reach obviously our fan base and connect and build, I guess, like a community, if you will, because it's, it, we're trying to build more than just like a fan base. We want to build like actual like relationships and connections with this, this, what we call like the Nico and Sway fans as a whole, you know? And so for us, it's really helped us build a community and we've kind of been able to show, especially during quarantine, we've been able to really be our true selves and be vulnerable and be funny. We always tell people like, if we can just make some, like one person, maybe two people smile and laugh, for one day i think we, we did a good job so we really don't care like we're we're vulnerable there is some strategy with what we post but a lot of times there isn't like, and we're just being idiots honestly <laughs> we're, we're just we just put our asses on the line yeah. and just do dumb stuff <laughs> do it. it's great yeah, yeah that's real as well yeah oh yeah totally real like we're we're goofballs <laughs> plain, plain and simple and and the the other thing I I look at and something that I, I think I've heard uh, both Nico and Sway you you two and April talk about is, is social media and Spotify and streaming services in terms of music is something that I think has really changed things up and I'll start with you April how does kind of Spotify play into you know the music landscape now and how has it changed it It's really interesting I have <clears throat> conflicting feelings about Spotify in general because. As a songwriter, I've watched, you know, our royalties really get like sliced down to a very, very, very small number. So I know that we're fighting right now for like increases in pay and other ways for songwriters to make money off of streaming. So there's that. But I cannot deny that as an artist and a consumer, it's like it is the most important way to discover music right now whether so as an artist the hope is that you'll get your song on playlists because the more playlists you're on people are going to discover your songs naturally and i've had songs that you know don't get on playlists and they kind of fall flat very quickly and it's so sad because you're like this is my my pride and joy and like no one's hearing it um so i would say that like the discovery the ability to discover new music through these playlists and through the algorithms and stuff is game changing for getting your music out there and as a consumer um i i find that i'm constantly discovering new music because of the same things and like my 
daily mixes and everything. It, it gives me like like-minded artists. And I'm like, wow, I wouldn't have heard this otherwise. So it's so important. Um, we just need to work on, you know, compensating our creators better. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I live off of my uh, Discover Weekly and my release radars every Monday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know you were talking about getting it, getting it on playlists and, and getting it listened to. And I think Nico and Sway, you guys actually did a video about increasing plays on Spotify. So how is, what is kind of the role with Spotify for you uh, and kind of how you've been able to find success with it? Again, just like accessibility and it really, it's almost become like, it's become like the Instagram of, of music streaming. Like, you know, Instagram, yeah, there's a bunch of social media platforms like Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all that, that, that everybody uses. But at the end of the day, Instagram is the central, the hub, if you will, of pretty much every artist right now. And that's just kind of how things have become. Whereas, yeah, there's with with streaming, there's Tidal, there's Deezer, there's Audio Mac, there's Apple Music, which is not really like Apple Music's like kind of a co, co-champion, if you will, with Spotify. But like, let's be honest, it really isn't. Not yet, at least. But it's still really important. Um, yeah, so with Spotify... It, again it's just accessibility and you know the ability for pretty much anybody in the world to be able to stream our music at the click of a button and yeah what's different though is like nowadays you know people are finding your music through playlists um there's i think there's like big turn like turnover with artists like you know people might just know you by one song whereas like back in the day there's a lot more investment you went to a record store you bought a whole album and you know that's definitely something that we have to like figure out how to work with nowadays um with streaming being so important so yeah well speaking of that that's something i wanted to ask you about as well would you for all of this or everyone uh would you prefer to go back to that way of going to the record store or do you like this way is which what is better for you I think that streaming evens the playing field a little more because new artists can get discovered through, you know, playlists and stuff. So I, I wouldn't go back, but. Uh, like if it's tough to ask, like if you ask this question, like right now, like while we're still like on the come up, we would mm-hmm. say, hell no. But like, if you ask like Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber, I'm sure they would be very okay with it going back to the old way. That's true. So I, I think it's like, it's very arbitrary, if you will, like each person's situation is going to be different. But I think, yeah, like kind of what Nico is saying, like a lot of it has to do with, you know, like leveling the playing field in the sense that it's much easier for a new act to break uh, on a streaming service uh, instead of having to go in and physically actually purchase like the record. Because at a record store, they weren't putting, unless you were like homies with the record owner, I assume they wouldn't, They you know, they would have Aerosmith up front, you know, they, you're not, they're not just putting random records. Whereas like Spotify with, with playlisting, yeah, like random records all the time get cut. Like, uh, I guess it's some, somewhat random, but that, uh, that Diplo and uh, Kareen Lomax song, like that song literally for Kareen, that, that song literally came out of nowhere for her, you know? And then all of a sudden next day she's on, on like the Mint List cover and like all these crazy covers. So, you know, it, it really, random songs break all the time and that's the cool thing about like bpm too where our songs on and circling right now like you hear some of my favorite songs are from artists that like i've never even heard of before but it's because i heard them on you know on a on a, on a syndicated radio type station mm-hmm. but yeah yeah and ancillary to spotify a bunch of you know these social media sites now such as like tiktok like people 
have such a, a better chance of having their song get out there. Mm-hmm. Like, like our buddy Surf Mesa did that song, Illy. And that changed his life. That became big on TikTok. And then, you know, that translated then over to Spotify. So that's on our station as well. Yeah. yeah. And your song is playing right now, by the way, on yeah. our station. Yeah, hey, that's so awesome. You know. Yeah, our, our producer just sent us a message. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, also, just quickly going back to like purchasing versus streaming. Mm-hmm. I, I agree that like for the moment that we're in right now, streaming gives, gives single songs a life and a chance that they would not have had in like the albums only world that we lived in back in the nineties. Though I think I, I would like a little bit of that to come back too, because there was something about, you know, going and like physically buying a body of work. And then also if you spent like $10 on an album, you really want to get the most out of that album and listen to it and make sure <laughs> that it's like worth your purchase. And so you really connect more to like an entire body of work. So I love that too. But you're absolutely right that like what whether like TikTok, like one song catching on and becoming a sensation or Spotify discovering songs that you never would have heard and artists that you never would have known otherwise. So I think we need both. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I can walk about less than half a mile in two different directions and I hit two different record stores from where I live. How is that like with you guys? Do you have places around you or is it nothing? Didn't Amoeba Records go to business? Uh, I think it moved, but during the pandemic, I'm not really sure. I know they were just relocating. Now I don't know what their status is. That's like literally like one of the only record stores in like the area I even oh. know. Like in, we're in Orange County. I don't, I'm sure there's rec- like I Yeah, there's there's a few, I'd say like. Guitar Center sells records. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a few like little like mom and dad like record shops. It's funny though, because. I feel like a lot of the music that's still supported at those stores more of the it's more of like the indie mm-hmm. maybe even like the put like local punk scene yeah because nowadays you don't really make vinyl unless it's more for like a commemorative thing and like if yeah. you are making a vinyl you're pretty much selling it directly to your fans off your website instead of that's distrib- true too instead of distributing but i mean no it does happen though because like i was at i think was, i actually think it was at it was either at amoeba or maybe it was even at like a guitar center I remember like a couple years ago and seeing like all these like n- like new vinyls of like vinyls from like 2018, 19. So I'm sure like obviously like the big artists still do it and like sell because they know people will buy it. But I feel like in, at least in EDM, I feel like it's a little bit more on the commemorative and it's more of a novelty item. Yeah, and more like direct to consumer. Yeah. So I will say I did have a cool experience a couple years ago um, going into Amoeba and I found CDs of like armada sort of compilations i don't know if it was from like festivals or whatever and like my song sunrise was on a couple of them so i was like wow and i'm like here's a cd with my name on it like that's cool that was a first for me really um so yeah i hope i hope it still exists somewhere (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome though yeah that's a really great feeling to pick that up and be like that's something i did Mm -hmm. you know Thanks so much, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for j- jumping on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, well, that was awesome. Guys. Yeah, thanks. Let's keep okay. in touch. If you, if you make Legos of yourselves, yes, that would be a great addition. <laughs> okay. to them to you guys. I absolutely <laughs> love that set. Yeah. 
And thank you guys so much for all the support. On yeah, the seriously. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. Um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Well, have a great week, guys. We really appreciate you. you, you well. Too. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye, guys. Bye. See you guys. That was Nico and Sway with April Bender here on Wolf Bites Open Mic.